How many know that uh, we live in a world that we need God's divine protection? All right. So, you know, if you need faith, not just for salvation for the rest of eternity, but you need faith for healing, where does faith come from? Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. Romans 10, 17, right? What if you need faith and you've been kind of concerned about maybe protection? Where does faith come from for protection? Hearing and hearing the Word of God regarding God's divine protection. Amen? And this has been so strong in our hearts that I didn't tell Amy what I was teaching on, but the next thing I know, her new podcast that came out this week is on, guess, what? Protection. Protection. And what a great podcast. If you haven't subscribed to that, you really should. Passion and parenting. It's dynamic. Protection. For this week, maybe even next week, we'll see how far we go with it. But we need to talk about protection because it's heavy on my heart. It's heavy on Amy's heart. And I know it's heavy on God's heart. And we need to build our faith, especially in these last days. You know, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, it says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. And that word perilous means to be dangerous or to be risky. Now, a lot of us have been trained to use security systems. Um, some of you are really good at like martial arts, self-defense, and so on like that. Some of you have been trained to uh, use certain types of weapons for self-defense. And I'm all for it, you know, self-defense mechanism, you know, to protect you, to protect your marriage, your family, to protect yourselves, and to protect our nation. I'm all for the natural methods, you know, to help protect our nation. But we do need to understand that ultimately our trust needs to remain in who? In God. Because when that moment, if it came up for someone who's in a situation and they're an innocent person that a dangerous person enters in and tries to do whatever, and they've got a weapon held right over them, and they come out of their deep sleep, they may not have an opportunity to call 911 or to pull out their weapon or even use self-defense at that moment. And those are the moments where it really counts. And if your faith is in the natural methods, it could very well disappoint you. And that's why our trust, as our U.S. currency says, our trust is in the Lord. Now, thank God for our military. Thank God for our law enforcement. We appreciate them and we pray for them every day. Can I hear an amen? amen. Bible instructs us to do so. So we appreciate them. We value them. And then we should buy them meals whenever opportunities come up or buy them a cup of coffee. Do kind things. Show respect. Show honor, the Bible says, towards those people. But... Our trust is not in them. Ultimately, our trust is in God. And we need to keep our faith there at all times. Samson, when he destroyed an entire army, he used a jawbone. Let me ask you the question. What destroyed the entire army? The jawbone or the anointing? Both of them, right? Both of them. So the jawbone in the anointing. God uses natural means he uses natural methods, but he also places the anointing on our lives, which ultimately comes from him, and that is what keeps us safe and secure in the world that we live in. How many know you can be protected in the world that we live in? We shouldn't be fearful. In fact, 365 times in the Bible it says, do not fear. 
I think he's trying to make a point. Every day, for 365 days in one year, we should make a decision not to be afraid, but to put our trust in the Lord. In, Samuel, or in Psalm 20, verse 7, it says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Now, in the Bible, there are multiple methods that God reveals his protection on our lives and for our lives. How many want to get to know those methods and get our faith established? Amen? Now, today, I'm only going to talk about one of those methods, and we'll see how far we go with the series. But I'm going to talk specifically about one of the natural or spiritual methods. In addition to the natural methods that God uses, one of the spiritual techniques that God uses to protect us that the Bible tells us that he uses, and that is angels. Now, we don't worship angels, right? Amen? But they are assigned to us. Every one of you came in with an angel, and you'll leave this place with an angel. There is an angel by your side. I remember a number of years ago when I was going to college, and I crossed paths with a psychology student that I haven't seen for, I think it was like six months minimum. And his name was Ben, and I just hadn't seen him. And I was walking out of college, and he was coming into college classes. He was in the psychology department. I was in the pastoral department. But we would cross paths occasionally from time to time. And on the way out to my car, he was on his way into classes. I opened my mouth with the typical American greeting to say, Hi, Ben, how are you? kind of thing. But instead of me saying, Hi, Ben, out of my mouth rolled these words. There's an angel by your side. Now, right there and then, I thought, man, that guy's going to think I'm a fruitcake. I'm just going to keep walking, acting like nothing happened. And he kept walking like nothing happened, too. Thought, well, that was the most unusual greeting I've ever given anybody in my life. And I thought, God, what in the world just happened? And he said, I had a reason to tell him that. I said, okay. So I just thought, all right. I trust you, God, on this one. The next day, I'm sitting out studying in my car. It was downpouring out, and I'm studying for class. I think I had a test, if I recall right. I'm studying. I'm preparing, getting ready, and right in the downpour of the rain, I hear this knocking on my window. I look up, and it's Ben. I'm like, oh, no, here it comes. So I open the door, and I said, hi, Ben, how are you? He said, why did you say that to me yesterday? And I didn't know what to tell him, except it just kind of came out of me. It just rolled out of me. And he said, that is amazing. He said, for the last month, I have been studying the Bible and asking God, are there really angels assigned to us? There is an angel assigned to you. And they are your security guard. They are your bodyguard. They are someone who is there to help you. To help you. To go in the right direction sometimes. They will tell you in that times in Hebrews 13 it says that they will actually display themselves in human form. And that you may actually end up entertaining them not knowing that it was an angel of God. They may have a message from God to tell you. Again, we don't worship these individuals. We worship the one who created them. But they are assigned to you to help you. To guide at times. To give you direction. To give you a message from God. I mean, it's just, they're, they're there to help keep you going in the right direction and also to be your security and your bodyguard. I still remember one time, I'll tell you real quick, I told the first service and I had a number of law enforcement individuals that attended that service and I was a little um, embarrassed telling everybody this. But before I got saved, remember, I'm just not, I just wasn't as holy, as sanctified as I am as this impeccable holy saint is today. <laughs> so before I gave my life to Jesus, um, I 
had some interesting lifestyles, you know, that I just enjoyed certain things in life. Like, I really enjoyed going fast. Anybody out there, you like to go really fast? You know what I'm talking about? So I got into, like, sport bikes, and, man, I had one of those crotch rockers that in just first gear, I would easily hit 70 miles per hour just in first gear. So I was often in, you know, three-digit, you know, really having fun, cruising, I mean, like everything standing still moments, you know, around me. So I'm going really fast. Now, when I got saved, the Lord started dealing with me about slowing down and obeying the rules of the land, and that was really hard for me. I think that was the last thing saved was my foot or my hand for throttle. <laughs> and so I had to discipline myself to the point where I was like, man, I just, I just can't even keep this under. I've got to get rid of this thing. So I sold it, and I bought Amy an engagement ring with it, and uh, I have to set this thing aside until I mature and grow up because I, I love speed. And I'm not talking about the drug. I'm talking about I like to go fast. And so anyway, the Lord's really working on me about slowing down. And one day I went to see Amy in Winona. She was going to college there. And I lived right around Whiteberry Lake area. And so I was on my way there, went to see her, had a great little visit with her. And then I'm on my way back home. On the way back home, you know, the Lord's talking to me about slowing down, going the speed limit. And I'm struggling. And how many know you've ever heard the theory that if you're five miles per hour or under, you know, above the speed limit, so if if the speed limit is 55, if you go 60 or under, you're going to be okay. No cops are going to pull you over. Well, that's not true. (laughs) I found out. So I'm going, it might have been like a speed limit of 55, and I was going like 56, maybe 57 at the most, because I'm really getting this thing under control, praise the Lord. But I still like to go just a little bit faster because I don't like to be passed by anybody. How many guys understand what I'm saying? Say, ugh. (laughs) Man, that's how you feel is when somebody passes you. It's like, there's something about men that's just like, no, you don't. (laughs) I'm getting there first. And and then don't you love it when you pull off and you pass a semi or something? And then all of a sudden you pull back on like 10 minutes later and here comes that semi passing. You're like, whoa, we're passing them. It feels so good. And so I don't don't know what it is about. You You know, I'm sure there's some ladies out there that don't like that too. But us guys, we don't like to be passed. So anyway, so I'm really working on slowing down. And I'm going 56, maybe 57 at the very most. And all of a sudden, guess who? you know, the lights come from, like, out of nowhere, all of a sudden, this squad car appears out of nowhere with their lights on, I'm like, oh, man, so I'm pulling over, this police officer's pulling me over, and he's really a nice guy, big guy, but he comes up to my window, and he says, do you know how fast you're going, and I was like, yeah, about 56 or maybe 57, one or two miles over the speed limit, and I'm sitting there thinking, I thought they don't do this, <laughs> So I'm not saying anything, and I said, I just, I I really apologize. Will you please forgive me? And he said, well, I want you to understand something. He said, even one mile per hour over the speed limit is speeding. You understand that? I said, yes, sir, and I apologize. Please forgive me. He said, all right. He said, I'll just give you a warning this time. And I said, thank you so much. And he walked back to his squad car. It's a straight way, no hills. And when I'm about to pull out seconds later after he goes back to his squad car. I'm about to pull out into, you know, my lane to get back in onto the highway. I look back at my rearview mirror. His car was gone. I look back. His car was gone. There was no car anywhere near me. And I thought, wow, you did that, God, didn't you? You sent an angel in a uniform to help knock some sense into me. 
And I'm telling you, I wish I could tell you that that cured the whole thing, but it actually took a few more times for God to keep working on me uh, to get me to just really, really get this thing under control. Uh, but now today, thank God, I do my very best, and I just get little toys that I can go real fast on that are legal. So I like, I like fun toys. They're big boy toys, but, you know, they still can go fast. And, uh, you know, out in the country where that's, there's no speed limit. But anyway, so <laughs> they're toys. They're toys. ATV, whatever, you know. I, I like speed still, but I still have to use discernment and wisdom. So anyway, with that said, angels are here to help guard, protect your life. They're assigned to you to help really, in a lot of ways, just help bring out the best in you, to keep you safe. In Psalm 91, verse 11 through 12, says, For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Would you just say that? In all my ways. Say it one more time. In all my ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. In all your ways. This means on your way to work, on your way home. Uh, boy, it doesn't matter. On the way to the grocery store. Uh, on your way to the bathroom, I mean, they're there to guard you in all of your ways. They're there to protect you. And if it wasn't for the angels of the Lord today, none of you would even be here today. You need to understand that. It is one method that God uses, and we just don't see them very often transformed into human form. So most times people just ignore the fact that there is an angel by their side and they forget about the protective measures that God has placed on their life. And they rely upon natural methods rather than the spiritual methods that God has placed on their lives. One translation says they're here to defend you. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 10, take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. I love what the message translation says. Watch that you don't treat a single one of these childlike believers arrogantly. You realize, don't you, that their personal angels are constantly in touch with my Father in heaven. Now, I love this story. This is a true story of a man named Kenneth Hagin Sr. who's now gone home to be with the Lord. Some of you have come to really love and respect his ministry over the years. He impacted the world for Christ. And uh, to make a long story short, he had an encounter with Jesus. And Jesus was talking to him about something in particular one day. And he was having this conversation face-to-face with Jesus. And next to Jesus was this massive, massive individual, huge But he didn't want to be rude towards Jesus, so he did his best to keep focus on Jesus. He kept his eyes on Jesus, but occasionally, because this guy was so big, occasionally he'd look over at this huge individual. Finally, towards the end of the conversation, Kenneth said to Jesus, Jesus, can I ask you, who is that individual? Who is that fellow? Who is that? And Jesus responded to him and said, that's your angel. He said, my angel? And he said, yes, just because you've grown up doesn't mean that I've taken your angel away from you. He's your angel. Just because you have grown up doesn't mean that you no longer have an angel by your side. In fact, some of you need him more now today than you did when you were kids. There is an angel assigned to you, and there are times where you can call upon more. Jesus himself said, I could call upon 12 legions of angels. I could call upon thousands of angels if I wanted to. We need to understand that in Psalm 34 verse 7 that the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear 
honor, you could say, and delivers them. So there is a part that we play in this. God has a part. He sends his angels to protect, to guard us. But we have a part in this too. And that's why it's so important, parents, to train your children to respect God and his word. Because if they don't, this is, a, this is our part. It says, the angels of the Lord are encamped around those who honor, who respect, who reverence God. And that's why it's vital to teach your kids. We honor, we respect God. We honor the Lord our God with all our heart. We love him, but we honor him. We respect him. And we need to teach our children that. I'm not talking about being like a religious form of being afraid of God. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a real reverence, respect towards God. And the angels of the Lord encamp around those. So there's campers all around you. And your living room, if you could open your spiritual eyes, if God would open your spiritual eyes for just a moment, there's campers all around in your living room, outside your house, and there are angels that are encamped all around you, watching over, protecting you. I didn't share this story in the last service, but I'm going to share it right now because I think it bears witness with uh, some of you. I think you need to hear this. But a number of years ago, there's this woman who is in an occult practice, and she did a lot of demonic stuff. Well, she had a relationship with the enemy, with demons, and that's not a good choice, but she did. And she would have these out-of-body experiences, she told and testified later. And one time, a couple of demons came to her and said, there is a family we want to go destroy. You know what the devil's after, steal, kill, and destroy, right? We want to go destroy them. Will you come with us? She said, sure. And before you knew it, she was supernaturally, you could say, airlifted like an airplane and she was flying through the air with these demons and she was heading right towards a house at a supernatural pace and they were coming towards this house and you saw she said you could see these massive angels all around this house and inside you could see through a window this family in there they were missionaries they happened to be missionaries and they were praying and then agitated these demons and they were coming at a supernatural pace, a force, and they were coming like they're going to bust through those angels. She said, you know what actually happened? We hit those angels like a brick wall, and we fell back. We could not penetrate that house, and I came to realize that the greater one was Christ and not the demonic forces. She later, because of that experience, ended up accepting Jesus Christ and talks about her experiences and what God has done with that to caution, really, people who get into demonic activity. That angels are far more superior and stronger than any demonic force. That's why we never have to be afraid. We never have to be afraid of anything. We've got angels that are assigned to us. And do you know how powerful these angels are? Take a look at 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 35. Here's just a glimpse and it came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Syrians 185,000 soldiers. 185. One angel destroyed in one night 185,000 soldiers that were coming against God's people. There is not a ninja that has ever been able to do that. And that's just one angel. And Jesus himself said, I could call upon 12 legions of angels, thousands of angels, in other words. Just one angel could do that. 
God is all-powerful, and yes, angels are just created in his image, but they're created with, his, with power, with strength to protect and to watch out for you. Again, if it wasn't for your angel, none of us would even be here today. How many angels does God have available for us? In Psalm 68, verse 17, we get a little bit of glimpse of it. The chariots of God are myriads, thousands upon thousands. One myriad, just so you know, equates to 10,000. And we're talking about myriads, plural. So we're talking about thousands upon thousands. They equate it to somewhere in the billions, is what scholars agree upon. We're talking millions upon millions upon billions of these massive angels that are sent to guard and to protect each and every one of us. And as many as we need at that moment, they will be there. That's why I love where in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17, Elisha said, Fear not, for there, more that are, there are more for us than there are against us. And Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. In other words, they were surrounded by armies, but around those armies were massive angels all around surrounding them. And eventually, of course, Elisha took handle of it because he understood his authority as a believer. Now, there is a part, and I want to talk about that for the next few minutes. Man's authority releases God's ability in the earth, and we need to understand that God is not just sitting back saying, I'm in control of everything. If he was, we would be experiencing heaven. So he's given us a great commission. He said, now I put you in charge. You go. You lay hands on the sick. You raise up the dead. In other words, man's authority that God has given us through the name of Jesus releases God's ability. And that's why Jesus taught us the Lord's Prayer. To pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because if heaven was here on earth already, we were experiencing heaven, we would look what heaven looks like. But we're not experiencing that. In fact, some of you have gotten so accustomed to violence and you've seen it so long that it seems normal to you. Well, there is nothing like that in heaven. So that's why Jesus teaches us how to pray. But there is something that we need to do. So there's God's part, but then there's our part. Would you turn to your neighbor and just say, there's God's part and then there's your part. Oh, you guys are so smiley. I appreciate that. That made that person feel better. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, it says, Jesus said, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. There are two ways that we release our angels to work on our behalf. If you're ready to receive this, will you say I? I. Number one, Psalm 103, verse 20, it says in the Amplified, Bless the Lord, you as angels, you mighty ones who do his commandments, obeying the voice of his word. Whose word? God's word. What if you took God's word and put it in your mouth and spoke it? Would they obey? They would. But if you don't speak God's word, will they obey it? You know? I think we need to think about this. This is important. You know, you could say, hey, you know what? These guys are assigned to me. In Hebrews, it says that they're assigned to, you know, for us. So I think I just need some laundry done today, and I need my, my snow plowed. And, hey, angels, I expect you to take care of this while I'm at church. I want you to go do some laundry for me. I want you to snow blow the driveway for me. When I come home, I want it all taken care of. You might as well not waste your breath because they're not assigned to do some of these things. Now, you might be able to hire some of that work done and stuff like that, but angels are there for a bigger purpose than just that. 
When you speak the word of God, when you use the word of God, instead of saying, man, everything is falling apart in my life, they can't do anything. They stand there with these massive swords ready to fight on your behalf. And if someone's saying, man, everything's falling apart in my marriage, my family, finances are going under, guess what they're going to do? They're going to just stand there still. They're going to keep looking at you like, I'm ready. I'm ready to work. I'm assigned to you. Let me, let me do something on your behalf. But if you're not speaking the word of God, you're not going to get the results that God wants you to have. So you need to understand that the first thing we do that's our part is we speak the word of God. So let me give you an illustration. Amy and I, every time we get in our car, we always, or even, even if I get on my ATV or anything, whatever I am driving at that moment, I don't care if we're in a boat, anything, it doesn't really matter what we are doing. Before we turn on the engine, we do our very best to always try and remember, Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus over this vehicle, over the top, bottom, front, to back, and side to side. Now, I'm not going to talk so much about the blood of Jesus today, but that is a powerful force because Jesus' greatest moment of weakness became our greatest moment of strength. That's what gave us eternity. So the blood of Jesus is absolutely powerful. So before turning the ignition on, I'm going to, Lord, I'll plead the blood of Jesus over this, over the top, bottom, front, the back, and side to side. But the second thing for advanced class learners today is we release our angels to work on our behalf. So the next thing I say is I declare that no weapon formed against me or anything that belongs to me will prosper. Angels, I release you to go before me and to clear the roads of all obstructions, hindrances, distractions, animals, in Jesus' name. Now go. And I'll actually speak to the ministering spirits and I'll tell them, you know, number one, I'll decree and I'll declare that no weapon formed against me will prosper, but then I will release the angels of the Lord to go before me and to hold back to remove all obstacles and distractions and hindrances so that I can drive down the road and enjoy my experience. Is this helping someone right now? So I can tell you time and time and time and time and time again where Amy and I, we've released our angels. We pled the blood of Jesus over our vehicle. We're driving down the road. And all of a sudden we see a great big buck or a doe. And they're standing there. And you know what? They're looking at us like we want to run across the road right now. But it's like someone's holding back saying, no, you don't. And those puppies, they'll sit there, deer, whatever you want to call them. But they'll sit there and be looking at us like, I really want to run across the road. And they'll stand there. I can't tell you the many times that we saw those things standing there. And as soon as we got past them, they take off behind us. Why? Because we have angels that are working on our behalf, and we understand that God's ability, his part, is released when man's authority is released. When we instruct and we send forth our angels to do the work of the Lord, that all of my needs are met according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I bind the spirit of poverty and lack, and I release the angels of the Lord right now to bring in according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus that all my needs are met, that I am the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. I'm the lender and not the borrower. Now go forth, ministering spirits in Jesus' name. Are you all advanced learners? You're grabbing this right now because this is absolutely vital and it could actually mean life or death. Grabbing a hold of this. You need to release your angels. There is a man named Charles Caps. He's now gone home to be with the Lord. But he had a situation where he had a pastor that said, you know, I'm really struggling. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm financially going under. And he said, well, I'll pray for you. Well, that night he had a dream and experience where the Lord showed this man, showed Charles Caps what this man was doing. There was a massive angel standing beside this pastor and every time the pa this pastor would open up his mouth, the angel would look at him like, are you giving me an assignment? 
And the man would say, man, I don't understand why everything keeps falling apart on me. I'm going under financially. And the angel would just stand then like this. He had this massive sword. He's ready to fight. And then he'd open his mouth, the pastor would, and he would go like this, look at him, and then he would say some doubt and unbelief again, and the angel would just stand there with this massive sword ready to fight on his behalf. So Charles Capps calls him the next day, and the Lord had instructed them and said, this is what you need to tell him to do. You need him to, tell, you need him to know that when he declares my word and releases his angels, they will go to fight on his behalf. So he needs to take the word of God, put it in his mouth, because they will hearken to my voice. They will hearken to my word. You need to let him know he's got to take the word of God, and he's got to say things according to my word. He's got to mirror my word. He's got to put it in his heart and in his mouth that all my needs are met according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now ministering spirits, go forth and bring in the harvest in Jesus' name. You know, I heard someone say uh, not that long ago, I was reading an excellent book on how to reap the hundredfold harvest in life. And a lot of people just, you know, they believe in God's word being 30, 60, and hundredfold, but they don't think of it in terms of finances or any other harvests that they could be claiming. And so we sow spiritual seed, we sow financial seed, and a lot of people never even claim their harvest. And that's just a really not good stewardship mindset. A farmer would go out and get their harvest after they plant the seed. Now they're going to use faith and patience. They're not going to get in a hurry and pluck up their seeds that they planted, but a harvester is going to be aggressive in going and getting their harvest. And we are harvesters, spiritually speaking, when it comes to finances, comes to health and wholeness, whatever it may be, and what we speak is the seed, is the word of God. What we sow will produce a harvest, good or bad. Some of you need to cancel some of the harvests that fields that you've been planting. <laughs> you've been sowing bad oats. But anyway... That's for somebody. Got real quiet. Don't look at your neighbor right now in case it's you. Just keep looking towards me and you'll look really holy. But sometimes, you know, we need to just get on our harvesting aggressive attitude and say, Lord, I thank you for a hundredfold on this right now. I thank you for a hundredfold. You need to stay on that hundredfold until you see the hundredfold come to pass. The angels are there waiting for us to send them forth. But they will not go if we don't speak the word of God. So that's the first thing we need to do is we need to use the word of God. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14. I love what Abraham said, by the way, you know, when he was uh, saying, go, you know, find a wife for my, my uh, son Isaac. He said, the angels will go before you and prosper your way. I love that. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14, it says, Are not the angels, all the angels ministering spirits sent out by God to serve, accompany, protect those who will inherit salvation? And the answer is, of course, they are. The second thing, okay, so the first thing is the word of God. We release our angels to do the work on our behalf when we speak God's word. That's why it's so vitally important. Some of you need to get some duct tape if you're not speaking the word of God. Because if you're speaking doubt and unbelief, it's not helping them at all. It's tying their hands behind their back. They just can't do anything. You've got to speak God's word over your life, over your situation, your circumstance. You've got to be calling things that be not as though they are. I know this is for an advanced student today, but this is going into good ground. I believe it's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be pulled up. So you guys are good ground. I really believe that. Number two, are you ready? And this is where we're going to start closing now. In the book of Acts, we see in Acts chapter 12, verses 5 through 10, that the second way that we release our angels is through praying. When Peter was taken captured what happened is the saints began to pray. They were about to murder Peter. And so the saints all got together. They started praying for Peter. They started praying, praying, 
praying. So the second thing is praying. We've got to pray. That's one of the ways. Lord, I thank you right now that you're releasing your angels to go and protect my son, my daughter, whoever it is, at work, wherever they go. I thank you that you're clearing the path for them today, that you're making the way, the crooked way straight. When you speak the word of God and you're praying over them, it's going to make a world of difference. So praying is a huge thing. Of course, what happens? An angel appears, chains are dropped off of Peter, and he walks them out through the gate. And of course, the angel departs, and Peter is rescued, and he's going on to preach the gospel from that point on. So prayer is one of the second things. I remember one time, Amy and I, we, we always pray over our kids. Anytime we let somebody babysit, we don't have so much of that happening anymore because Courtney's at an age where she can help us with that. But at the earlier stages when Courtney was real little, let me put it this way, I'll tell you a Courtney story. She was just real little, little bitty, if you can imagine her being that small. She was really at that one time. And she was learning how to walk for the first time. And if you've ever seen kids walk for the first time, they kind of stumble sometimes, you know, until they get a handle on this thing. And so we dropped her off at my sister's house who lived close by, and she was going to watch him for a few hours, for, or watch her for a few hours. So as we release, you know, this, we release our authority and God's ability. So Lord, I thank you right now that you're protecting Courtney from the top of her head down to the soles of her feet with the precious blood of Jesus, that no weapon formed against her will prosper. Angels, we assign you to work on her behalf to keep her safe. That was a simple little prayer. That was it. Very simple. It doesn't take more than probably 15 seconds. On our way out. So on the way back, we stop in, and my sister's in awe. She said, come on in. you got to hear this. What happened today? She said, Courtney was taking some steps forward. And you know my sharp corners, you know, in the kitchen and all that stuff? Courtney was starting to tip forward. She was stumbling, and her head was going right towards that sharp corner. And right before she hit the corner... A massive arm appeared of nowhere, just half of the arm appeared of nowhere, grabbed Courtney's arm and pulled her back and stabilized her until she could walk comfortably again. There are angels assigned to you, not just when you were a kid, but still today, God has not pulled back his angels. For those who fear and those who respect God, there are angels encamped all around us. But I will close with kind of a sobering story. A number of years ago, as you know, I wasn't always, like I mentioned a moment ago, I wasn't as holy and sanctified as I am today. Just nod your head like I totally get you, brother. <laughs> but I grew up, you know, I was friends with pretty much everybody. I just loved being around people. I didn't care what their story was, what they, you know, I just have always loved people. And I still do today. But I wasn't always as wise as I am today. Just nod your head and say, I get you, brother. And I didn't always make the best choices of the friends that I hung around with because I loved everybody. So I'd hang out with everybody. You can imagine everybody. And so one person in particular who was claimed and uh, named in our uh, school annual as school yearbook as the partier of the school and uh, she was real wild, and she grew up, she was just a partier big time. And, you know, I was friends with everybody, like I said. And so, make a long story short, I got saved, and I gave my life to the Lord, and I started praying for a lot of my old classmates. And, and one day in particular, I had this dream, and I saw her, and I didn't see all the bad things she was doing, but she had been partying, and she was not sober, I'll put it that way. And she went home, she had the TV blaring, she was laying on the floor, and she was just absolutely, totally intoxicated. And there was this massive angel standing next to her. And I heard the Spirit of God say, come, to the angel. And right there, my heart started beating real hard. Like, no, that's not good. 
You pull the angel, it's over. And he said, come. Because how many know that, you know, God's mercy endures forever and God's grace is amazing, but how many know it's not wise to test the limits? And the angel was called because darkness was the choice that she was choosing over light. And the angel was pulled. And right there and then, a man had broken into her house and was about to take her out, but then I woke up. And I thank God, you know, I woke up. And I just said to Amy, I said, we need to pray for such and such. And we prayed and we prayed and we interceded for that individual all day long. And then with Amy's blessing standing next to me, I said, I think we need to contact this individual. Because I'm not going to reach out to somebody from my past. You know, that's not wise to do. Uh, you know, so I got Amy's blessing. I said, I really think we need to reach out to this individual. And I don't care if it's you or me, but one of us need to reach out to her. And so Amy said, well, how are you going to reach her? And I said, I don't know. She said, do you know her mom's name? And I said, actually, I do. It just it came back to my mind. And it's like, let's look at the phone book. Do you all remember what phone books are? So, <laughs> you know, we're checking it out. And sure enough, she was in the phone book. So I said, let's do it. So Amy's right there. She's praying. And I'm on the phone calling this mom up of this person that I went to school with. And I call her up. And I say, hi. And I say her name. And I said, this is Sean Gustafson, such and such his friend from high school. She said, oh, wow, it's so good to hear your voice. Oh, here comes such and such, my daughter right now, walking up the staircase. And it just happens to be Halloween night of all times, you know. <laughs> so anyway, she gets on, the, she hands the phone to her before I can even say, can I talk to her? She hands the phone to her and I say, I have been praying for you all day long. My wife and I have been praying for you all day long. Here's the reason why I had a dream about you last night. And it was, I saw an angel standing by your side. But I saw you living a very partying life and choosing darkness over light. And I heard the voice of God call to the angel, come. I really feel like you can't play. And I don't know how I worded this. I don't know if I called it Russian roulette with your life or whatever it is. But you can't do this anymore. You've got to make a decision to call on his name. You've got to make the decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior before it's too late. Will you allow me that honor to pray with you to lead you to my best friend in his name is Jesus? And she just responded so quickly. I mean, she was like, the harvest is ripe, like Jesus said. She said, yes. So we pray with her over the phone. She accepts Christ. We end up, you know, uh, handing her over to a sister of mine who started mentoring her. But I really believe if it was not for someone praying for that individual today, she would not be alive. Your prayers are making a difference for your loved ones. And you need to understand that the angels of the Lord are working on your behalf and on behalf of your loved ones. So don't quit praying. And secondly, don't quit speaking the word of God over your life and over the lives of your loved ones. It can make a world of difference. If you receive this, will you say amen? amen? Let's bow our head and close our eyes. Father, we thank you so much for our time together, helping us to grow and to learn. I know sometimes it's like, oh, I wish I'd have known this years ago. It could have prevented a lot of stuff. But Lord, we do want to say thank you that it's not so much about how we start in life, it's how we finish. And we do want to say thank you that you're teaching us, you're equipping us, you're empowering us, you're you're encouraging us with your word and helping us to remember that our covenant of protection is amazing. And we want to say thank you from the depths of our heart. We put our trust in you, not in the natural methods, but we do appreciate all the things that you've taught us, all the things that you've um, 
done for us, our, our military, our law enforcement, men and women in uniform, we want to say thank you for every one of them. And yet, Lord, with all of that said, we want to say thank you because we know that ultimately our trust is in you. That that's where our confidence is. That no weapon formed against us will prosper because of you. And we give you the glory for it. I'm going to ask with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never made that decision to accept Jesus Christ, or maybe you're at a place in your life where you need to recommit your heart to the Lord Jesus. The Bible says in Romans 10, 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. No matter what you've done, right or wrong, it's all about what Jesus Christ has done for you. Would you allow me the honor and the privilege to introduce you to my very best friend, and his name is Jesus. If you've never made that decision and you're saying, Pastor, I, wanna, I want your prayers today. I want to make that decision to accept Jesus Christ. Or you need to recommit your heart to the Lord Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, those that are joining us online today, if that's you and you're saying, Pastor, pray for me. I want to accept Jesus or I want to recommit my heart to the Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed all over this auditorium, would you slip up your hands just acknowledging, I want your prayers, Pastor. Thank you for your honesty. I know it takes courage to do that. Any others, you're saying, Pastor, pray for me too. Thank you so much. I see your hands. You can put them down. Is there anybody else that hasn't yet raised your hand and you want in on this prayer? Just a moment longer. If that's you, just slip up your hand and you can put it right back down. Okay, let's do this. Let's take a moment, put a hand on a heart. Let's pray with those that are making that decision to call on the name of the Lord. Would you pray with me this prayer? Those that are joining us online, would you join us in this prayer too as well? Heavenly Father, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, come into my heart. I accept you as my Lord, my Savior, and my best friend. Thank you for dying on the cross for all of my sins. I commit my life to you now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God heard that prayer. Would you give them a big hand clap? Let them know how much you love them.